As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Andy Mason, and Andy comes from New Zealand and has 15 plus years of experience helping individuals and organizations discover and align with purpose, then develop practical steps to make dreams a reality. BC Nation, you struggle to find God's purpose for your life. Be honest about it. We all have struggled with that at some point in our lives. Maybe you're in it right now. We're going to talk about how to align yourself with God's plan for your life and his purpose that he has for you. And he really does. Even if you lost sight of it, it's still there. So Andy has written three books, and in 2009, he started Heaven in Business, a movement of business people partnering with God at work and seeking the well-being of their city. Uh, he does this through membership, courses, conferences, and retreats. Andy and his wife, Janine, live with their four children in Redding, California, and I believe they're moving to the East Coast. Smart people. All right, Andrew, <laughs> welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and just take a quick minute, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Uh, thanks so much, Joseph. I, I you know, appreciate the introduction. What it doesn't tell you is the uh, the journey from New Zealand to here and how terrified I was and scared and thought I trusted God, but didn't really. And mm. the journey of confronting all of that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Just so mm. grateful for the people that I've got to meet along the way. Uh, and even situations where you're doing uh, with Broken Catholic and the, the vision. I, I, I'm, I just love and I'm so grateful for what I get to do today. That's awesome, brother. All right, before we get into it, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Uh, one personal thing about me, uh, one funny thing about me and one fun thing about me. So, uh, well, funny now is I used to play guitar. So I play guitar, sing, and not many people would know that. Led worship for years. But when I started, I, I would play guitar from behind the drummer because I was so insecure. I had a psychologist for my first job 
uh, interview me and say, Andy, why do you have such low self-esteem? So coming from that background of fear and insecurity and just seeing the journey that I've been on, that's possible for anybody. And secondly, I, I, I was born for fun and adventure. We were just talking before we went live. Uh, it's some trips coming up where I get to combine both retreats and adventure and fishing and fun and to even realize, oh my gosh, that I even have permission to do that where I can have so much joy and fun in this, the, in the, the privilege of actually leading people, executive retreats that have an adventure attached. So I love to run mountains. I love mm. to get out in the outdoors. And so there's a couple of personal things about me. That is awesome. Now, BC Nation, the reason why I invited Andrew to be a guest on this show is because I know some of his mutual friends. Uh, he's had them speak at his conferences, uh, his retreats, um, and these are people I highly respect. And they're living out their faith uh, in their businesses. And it makes them stand out. It's significant. Uh, it's remarkable, right? And it's uncommon in, in the marketplace. And uh, I've had three or four of these high-level individuals say, you need to get Andy on your show. This is the guy. This is him. He's the one that helped me navigate into God's plan for my life and my business. So uh, we are fortunate to have Andrew here with us today. Uh, Andrew, I read a little bit on your website that, and you alluded to it just a few minutes ago, that coming to the United States from New Zealand uh, was not your idea. Yeah. This was something where you sensed God's clearly speaking to you and giving you direction to up your family and move to another country. Go ahead and tell us that quick story, please. Cool. Uh, thanks, Joseph. Yeah, so we're talking 2008, so it's now 13 years ago. Uh, background agriculture, uh, business consulting, I, uh, we lived in a small area, well, small relative to, to America's size. So a region of 100,000 people. And uh, I was working as, in a bank as a rural manager. So my job was really relationship management in between the client and the bank. I loved it. Uh, effectively walking with people, helping their dreams come true. Uh, involved in local church, uh, four children, age two, four, six, and eight. Uh, parents within 10 minutes, another set of family within an hour and a half. Strong community, loving what we're doing. And both of us, my wife and I, Janine and I, had a sense that something was changing, but we didn't know what. So I thought perhaps it's a promotion and leadership role in my work. So I actually took a promotion to be a regional manager and sales manager. And I started that and realized no sooner had I started that role, then this was going to take me away from family, away from some of the things I, I really had a sense of calling to. Like this didn't make sense. So we spoke to a senior leader in, in the church and said, is, you know, is there some role? Am I supposed to be a pastor, like a minister? I'm not really sure how that would look. And he said, yeah, Andy, I'm not sure really where you fit. <laughs> um, so that was like no and no. And so I was just confused. I had this, you know, people listening to this right now, you have the sense of something's like there's something more, but I don't know what it is. But you don't have quite the question to ask to get the answer. So I tried two things, you know, I tried promotion. It wasn't that. I tried uh, working in a ministry role. It's like clearly the closed door there. And so I happened to be with a buddy in a particular location talking about, yeah, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I sense this, but I'm not sure what it means. 
And he said, Andy, why don't you pray whether there's a geographic move? As in, you've been looking at this or this within this location. What if you took the blinkers off, the blinders off, the line of limitations that you've set on yourself, and perhaps God wants to move you geographically? I'm thinking, oh, well, that's a new thought. So I came home, wrote in my journal, is our future in this location? God is our future in this location. Within two days, uh, I was reading a Bible story to my son, four-year-old. So it's you know picture book. You know, does God speak out of a picture Bible? And he chooses the story and I read it. And this particular day, he chose a story he'd never chosen before. It's the story of Abraham. And I'm just reading to him, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And as I'm reading it, it's like a, I'm feeling like I'm being hit with a ton of bricks on the inside. And secondly, two days later, visiting a visiting speaker at a local church opens up the passage, Joshua 1, verse 2. Now arise you and this people with you and cross over the Jordan, the line of limitations you've set on yourself into the land of risk and promise. And then two days after that, my wife was saying, okay, Lord, you give me, a, I need to hear you as well. And just as she's saying, now this doesn't happen all the day for us, but this was like the highlight reel. Uh, Lord, I need to hear from you. And straight away, she has this thought pop in her head. Jeremiah 3.14, which is actually a Bible verse, but nobody really knows what that says. So she sits down, opens up her Bible, which I understand the Bible is the same for the Catholics and for the Protestants. Same Bible. She finds this reference, Jeremiah 3.14, and it says, I will take you one from a city two from a family and I'll lead you to Zion and set shepherds over you according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. She just begins to weep. We realize, okay, here we go, Joseph. And we pray over the next couple of weeks, Lord, where is that? And over that, it just becomes very clear to us. Uh, we're supposed to be in Reading in California in the United States of America. And there was a ministry school that we plugged into. And that was the journey into the United States of America. Okay. BC Nation, come on. Let's get real for a moment. Like, wouldn't you be scared? Think about it, right? If you're a husband and a father, you're like Andy. Or if you're a wife and a mother, you're like Janine, his wife. And God tells you this and confirms it with both you and your spouse and says, hey, you're going across the pond. Right? Unknown territory. I have a land prepared for you. Would you do it? Would you go? Would you up and leave everything you know and follow God off the boat into the water? Would you? Andy, like seriously, brother, what thoughts were going through your mind? Obviously, you had the excitement. You had the anticipation. You got the faith in God. But you're human. You had some counter feelings, some counter emotions, contradictory. What was going on in your head at that moment? And were you resisting God in any way? Did you want to hesitate? Did you want to pull back? Did you want to go with your own plan over that one? Yeah, great question, Joseph. I think um, the beauty is I had it in black and white. I had scripture. Like it's pretty hard to argue when you write down a question, is our future in this location? And then you hear so clearly three different scriptures, not just me, but me and my wife. Mm. So that was certain, that was secure. What was really, really hard is actually working it out. Mm. You'd think if God says, 
go here, that it's somehow in my mind, maybe in yours, maybe not, that when God speaks and directs you somewhere, you think it's going to be easy. Like, well, it should be easy. Like if he said it, it's going to be laid out, it's going to be smooth. Since then, I've realized, actually, now for thousands of years, he prophesied a savior being inserted into the world and they couldn't work out how to get a hotel in the, in the manger. Like, oh my gosh, is that bad planning? Or is that actually, no, this is evidence. It's messy. It's scary. So, so I remember, here's a little one. Uh, okay, we've got to leave New Zealand. We've got to go with four little kids to United States. I, I don't know anybody and I need accommodation for my family. And I've got some savings. So I've probably got a good solid year to two years, but there's no way I was thinking beyond that. Mm. Um, but I need accommodation. So I'm looking on, I find uh, no one would rent us a house. Like you're a foreigner, like we're scared of foreigners. I'm sure America is different now, but back then I'm like, I'll pay you 12 months in advance. No, no, no. So I, finally I find a vacation rental for two weeks. At least when I get there, it's going to be fine. And uh, 10 days before we fly out, I get a message from the owner saying, I'm sorry, we've got a plumbing problem. I will have to cancel your booking. So I've got nowhere to go with four kids, two, four, six, and eight years old. Now I am freaking out. Now I'm not sleeping. And I don't want to tell my wife because she's already under so much stress with moving a family. And I'm working up to the day before we fly out. Uh, it's, it's just, I know I shouldn't have done that now, but at the time, it's just what you do. And so I just remember driving and thinking, God, I need your help. Like, guide my eye, show me. Like, I need help and I need it now. Like Psalm 20 says this, is like, answer me in the day of trouble. Like today, I need, I can't be a, I need it and I need it now. And actually I didn't have any time to sit down because it was business. There was business meetings. So I got up super early the next morning and I looked on the website of this ministry school and thought, man, is there anything else? And I see as so I said, God, guide my eye, like direct my, what I'm looking at. And uh, one of these, one of these houses, like apartments, it was like a duplex, uh, it's fully furnished. It's 10 days out. So I just, okay, that's highlighted. I'm, I'm just going to message them. So I messaged this person saying, Hey, this is my situation. My family, is this place still available? 30 minutes later, I get a response. No, it's not, but you can come and stay with me. I'm like, what? Okay, now it's just got really weird. So I respond and say, there's six of us. It, like, thank you so much, but there's actually six of us. I'm not sure if that's going to work. I get a response like your mother saying, yep, I know my boundaries. Uh, I'm a single mom. I've got two kids. You can come and live in these two bedrooms that we've got for at least a bound in a couple of weeks and then find a place. Like, so part of me was... Okay, I better talk to my wife because she might not be comfortable with that. Like a stranger. <laughs> like, think? is this like axe murderer? <laughs> like, what, what is this? What turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful woman. We ended up being there for three and a half weeks. But things like my two-year-old fell in the swimming pool head first twice, just about drowned. Once my wife was there and saw it the second time, I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to get stressed out. It was not fun. And I hated the temperature. It was like 110 degrees from imagine San Diego. That's New Zealand compared to Reading is called the armpit of California. It's hot. Uh, the cuts of meat are different. We drive on the different side of the road. All of those things provoked me. And yet in the middle of that, both of us had this crazy sense. We're supposed to be for, here for an extended period of time. 
So how did I feel? Perplexed, uh, upside down. At the time, like now I'd look back and say, Andy, everything, I would say it was like I had a walk with God, but I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know until you experience something different. So being thrust into that environment, suddenly all of my insecurities and fears and my lack of trust, identity stuff is being confronted because I'm being held up to a mirror that's showing me, you say you trust God, but the level of anxiety that you're holding on to and walking in is evidence that you don't. Uh, but the beauty is all of that's an invitation. Some people might've got that much quicker, but it's taken me, it's taken me probably, I would say, probably three years to come across that slow down off the, oh, what are we going to do? We had three years of no income and just this, but walking through that day by day, uh, I look back now and it's, it was the greatest gift ever because literally it got me beyond myself. I had to trust God or crawl up in a ball and, and sneak back to New Zealand. And I would have got a job easy, but the journey here and what we're doing now, like the walk that I've learned and discovered God in this process, you just can't, it just, there's nothing that compares to that. And so that's why we turned what I was writing in my journal on a day-to-day -day basis, that Matthew 4.4 4 says, I don't live by the bread alone, by the bank balance alone, by even the best advice or counsel. I live by the word of God. That's what sustained me through that period. And that's why we turn all of that into the book, Finding Hope in Crazy Times, Daily Stories of Hearing God. Mm. Andrew, through that journey, what an adventure. Not the I, kind you would choose yourself, but it's an adventure to follow God faithfully. Through that journey, where did, what's the question I want to ask here? That was an epic story. Um, what did you do with just all that stress, the overwhelm, the frustration, the loss of control? As men, that typically starts to build up into anger, yeah. sometimes rage, and we take it out on our wife and our kids. They're just the closest ones in front of us, and we don't know how to channel that back to God. Did you experience any of that? And what did you do with it? Yeah, really good question. So, yes, I did. I mean, I like particularly, I just remember the first place we were in, even the first year. So within a few months, I was angry. Like I was angry with my, four, my, four, my kids are amazing. But I found myself angry with them, irritated. And that freaked me out. I suddenly realized I'm no different for someone who just loses it. Like I'm on the edge. What do I need to do? So I remember, you know, number one is receiving prayer. Uh, number two is I'd been probably been perfectly positioned for this. I did a course on stress and stress management prior to even going completely unrelated. And it talked about, they taught us that when you experience stress, you know, there's what they call the death spiral as in you will go down into a, like it ends in suicide, but at any point of the spiral, it talks about the different symptoms of stress and anxiety at any point of that, the quickest way out of it is physical exercise. So what I kept and have done 
And it's probably one of the things that I find, you know, Psalm 23 says, you restore my soul. You lead me beside still waters. It's like, what is that for you? What's it for Joseph that restores your soul? What it is for, for listeners, finding what it is to restore your soul. For me, that's getting outside and doing something uh, physical. Now, it's different to mowing the lawns. Mowing the lawns is physical and you get a sweat and it's outside. But there's a difference between that and going for a run or a mountain bike ride where you're outside and break a sweat. There's something about being in nature. Uh, when you're sitting inside in an apartment in New York and you're not outside and then and you're faced with everything all around, like it feels like the walls are closing in and moving closer. And then when you get outside and you can see the sky and the, and the trees, you know, those trees were here yesterday. They're going to be here tomorrow. They were here 100 years ago. Something about that being in nature. So number one, prayer. Number two, finding what works for you to de-stress. And for me, it's physical exercise. It's sport. It's being part of team. Number three is um, remembering what God has said. So literally what I would do is I'd take some of the words that he had spoken, some of the scriptures that he'd said, and I'd put those onto, like back then was an, on an iPod. And I would just listen to that. Literally, I remember one day, all day long, I would just play again but this is what God has said. And I'd have those prophetic words and I'd have, I'd put worship music on and I'd just be playing that until the voice in my head echoed what God was saying rather than what my fear was saying. And then one of the other, probably a turning point was uh, my wife headed back to New Zealand to you know, sell our house, to clear some goods out, to take care of things. And I was, so I was at home alone. I can't complain to my wife and it like, you know, there's prayer and there's complaining. You know, one of them has results. Um, otherwise, you've just complained. Much of it was complaining. And my wife said, Andy, you keep going round and round talking about these things. You need, to get, you need to get a breakthrough. Like, what are you going to do about this? And I realized praying more is not fixing this. And, and I was working with a guy by the name of Danny Silk. And he teaches a lot on 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out fear. So it's not me fighting the fear. It's actually learning to receive perfect love. So I had to surrender. So a lot of the fear and the anger was all around control. It's about me having control. I didn't realize it. So the biggest key was surrender, which just seems bizarre. So I just remember actually standing in my living room and I'm a physical, like physical tactile. So I'd put my hands in front of me, like in a position of, like hands open-handed facing up in front of me and say, okay, God, I don't know what to do, but I choose to receive the love that chases away fear. Teach me how to receive. And I think as business people, we get so used to doing and providing and taking care of things as men, perhaps it's the same. It's like my identity isn't providing. I can't provide. This is beyond me. It's too difficult. So God, I need your help. And I choose to receive the love that chases away fear. And I remember those two weeks while my wife was away, I'd just be praying on my own in the living room. And just that was it. Lord, I received the love that chases away fear. It feels like I'm not even praying. I'm just receiving. But actually, that is prayer. And over, something shifted in me that it's, it's hard to explain. But once you know love, fear just has no place to, to be. I don't think it's a cut and dried black and white. I think it's a journey and it's a continual invitation.
but I would say I'll, the rest of my life, I want to continue to learn how to experience how much God loves me, not prove how much I love him. Mm. So much of your story I connect with personally. My listeners are, are connecting. Um, so many times we're looking up to God, asking him to fix our problems because we messed up. Yeah. We made things worse in our doing, in our need to control, in our busyness. And the imagery of your hands open, palms up, is in contrast to the imagery I used to have, which was more palms down, fingers out, in clawing position. <laughs> yeah. Trying to do and perform and get higher and climb the mountain of success. Yeah. And because of that, I was unable to receive God's love and uh, not in the way where I actually believed it. And I truly experienced it. And there was nothing I needed to do to earn more of it. It just was. Yeah. Because he is. That's who he is. He's love. And sitting with him silently an hour a day, listening, receiving, yeah. surrendering, is the answer, BC Nation. I've done it. My clients do it. Andy has done it. God's waiting for you to do it. Yeah to just get silent with him, to stop trying to prove your love to him, to stop trying to control every aspect of your life that is completely out of your control. Have you not seen it yet? That's it. It's not working. Stop trying harder. Every time I speak with a man, I'm like, hey, how's that thing going that you've been working on for 15 years? Well, you know, I, I just gotta, so I gotta work on it more. No, that's called insanity. Yeah. Like, stop. Surrender. That's the shift. That's the shift. And you hear it with so many of my guests on this show oh, is wow. when they shifted from control to surrender to God, everything changed. Yeah. And it's a process. It takes time with him. Andy, thank you for going there. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm going to stop calling you Andy because you didn't give me permission to do so. I'm oh, call you call you me Andrew. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> my mother calls me Andrew. You can call me Andy. Okay. Okay. Andy. Uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this. Why do you think, and let's shift here for a second, why do you think that 90% of good, faithful Christians are struggling to find their purpose, to align with God's plan for their lives? Because they're trying. So, so this, is, this is becoming clear. And I think it's partly the journey, the invitation. Most of us just get so busy with what's in front of us rather than uh, Psalm 46.10, be still and know God. So it's all identity and it's religion. It's not, it's not Christianity. It's actually religion. So uh, religion is man's attempt to get to God. And there's multiple religions. Every single religion, it's all about humans' effort in order to obtain whatever it is, nirvana, eternity, uh, whatever, they, whatever you call it. So is religion the modern day towel, tower of Babel, where we're Absolutely. trying to build our way into heaven. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many different avenues, whether that's social justice, uh, whether like you pick, you pick your poison. I mean, there's so many of that and, and it's not all bad. It's just humans effort. Whereas Christianity, 
the, 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 it's just profound. God knew that Joseph is never going to obtain it and he's never going to obtain it. It's that never enough. So he sent Jesus. So Christianity is God's plan to actually reach humanity and make a way that was not, is not otherwise. So grace becomes undeserved love and the power to transform in any situation. So I think that's why, because we don't, because one, we're trying to do it where we are the center of it. If, if I'm at the center of purpose, you're never going to realize it because it's going to be limited to you. And it, just as we've, I've shared, Joseph and Andy, we, we've got brokenness. We've, uh, we've got dysfunction. That's humanity. That's iniquity. That's part of it. I need a savior. And when I surrender and yield and make Christ the center, then things start to line up. Things start to flow. And it's not, uh, it, it just hear me on this. It's not some passive, I just surrender I'm just going to sit around and do nothing all day. No, I have a plan, but it's just walking in your ways. I wait for you. I set up an ambush by walking God's ways. I'm listening for his voice. I'm learning that. And as I go about my life with that intent in mind, recognizing I cannot do this on my own. Like I'm a created being. It'd be an idiot not to read the instructor's guide and actually have, an, have a relationship with the instruction, which is why, is it probably the psalm says, you know, the fool rages against God. It's actually, an, you're stupid if you don't do this. And look around us, like not calling anybody a fool, but I am foolish when I rage against God because when I yield and surrender and come into that this pursuit of friendship with him in all of life, things, it's a way of life. It, it's actually better. Things mm. move. And even when it's tough and difficult, I can have peace and joy and hope in the middle of the pain. Mm. So BC Nation, just to clarify and make a distinction here with what Andrew just presented, Andy just presented, is there is a clear distinction between passive surrender with God, where, hey, God, take care of this. Okay, I'll just keep whatever doing whatever, you know, I'll just wait on you. Okay. And powerful surrender That's or good. active surrender or actionable surrender where you're earnestly seeking God's will. Yeah. That's an action-oriented endeavor. It's showing up an hour a day in silence with God and journaling. It's putting your hands up, palms up and saying, God, teach me your perfect love, how to receive it. See, this is not passive at all, no. right? This is you're going towards something. You're earnestly seeking him and expecting him to answer, expecting him to take control of those areas of your life that are out of control. That's good. This is what Andy is presenting here. And I agree. And it's what I've experienced as well. Andy, what is one action, the action that BC Nation needs to take so that they could stop occurring foolish yeah. in, in, in trying to do it themselves and resisting God's plan. What's that one action? Like if you could go back in time to that yeah. moment in your life, now that you're looking back on it, what would be the one step that you would do this week if you were stuck in that place? Yeah, a really good question. I'd say two, if, if permission to have You two, could do please. three if you want. Oh, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, yeah, one is what you've already said is that be still and know God. There's just it's there's the story in the Bible about Mary and Martha, 
and Martha is the modern day Protestant Catholic trying to perform their way into the pleasure of Jesus and, and working hard and doing a good job. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. And then Jesus says to Martha, 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 you're busy and distracted with much serving. And you fill in the blanks, much business, much uh, general, whatever it is, you're distracted with too much of that. It's not as bad. It's just you're doing too much. One thing is needed. Sit at my feet and listen mm -hmm. to my voice. So the one thing is uh, learn to hear the voice of God. Uh, just do what you can to develop that. My sheep hear my voice. You hear God more than you realize. So find uh, the best training on how to hear the voice of God and, and take that time to be still. Uh, get into the word of God. If you don't know where to start, start in the book of Proverbs because it's the book of wisdom. But that's, and that's number one, is that time to listen. Number two is wise counsel. Is You can't do this alone. You are not meant to do this alone. You're not designed to do this alone. You're actually created for community. And the moment that we isolate ourselves, we are seeking our own. So I would say the beauty is listen to this podcast. Uh, be like because it's going to give me perspective and shape and accountability. So what I would say in that regard is I would have done this earlier on is get two or three guys that I can meet with every couple of weeks. And we're not doing a Bible study. We're not doing some curriculum, but we're asking one another what's working, what's not working, and where can I help you? Real simple things and actually choose to do life with people that actually know you. Commit to do that for a year with a couple of three guys. That is what will change your life. Those two things. RPC Nation, you're welcome. There you go. All right, so number one, learn to hear God's voice. This is what I teach in my coaching is how to get quiet with God for 60 minutes and so actually good. listen and stop talking. Yeah, because what we have to say to him is not nearly as important as what he has to say to us That's about it. him, about us, about his plan for us. And if you haven't been trained on how to hear God's voice and develop that spiritual muscle, let me say, it's not your fault. It's not taught in the church. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. It's tragic even. But there are people that are out teaching it. I'm one of, of several people that I know that are teaching this. Okay, that's how I learned. I learned from others. Number two, Andy says, is seek, and I would also add, and invest in yeah. wise counsel. Yeah. Because sometimes it, you got to put skin in the game. That's it. And, and a lot of people, they're like, oh, you do Christian coaching? Oh, isn't it free? No, because if I offer for free, you're not going to take it serious. And you're not going to do the work that's needed. <laughs> that's Bottom right. line, right? But if you're invested in some of my clients, they're like, I only did that really tough homework assignment because I wanted to get my money's worth out of the coaching. That's right. Perfect. And did you get the result? Yeah, my life is totally awesome now. Great. Well, then that was a good investment. And then number three, Andy says, do life with three to five guys. Or if you're a lady, do life with three to five girls that are equally yoked, yep, right? They're believers. They're also earnestly seeking God. And his kingdom, like this is important and choose to do life with them. Build that fraternity uh, of brotherhood or sisterhood. This is, this is critical. And if you do those three things, man, God's going to do something in your life. He's going to reveal his plan and his purpose for you. 
All right, Andy, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't okay. overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's bring it on. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, friendship. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God? He doesn't give me the answers. Man, he takes his time. <laughs> it's like he's off on a walk, you know? All right. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Risk. Taking risk. So the for us specifically is you know, leaving comfort, certainty, uh, friends in Redding, California and moving to Pennsylvania. It's confronting me again with, do I believe that I hear God? Do I believe? So it's, I'm confronted with that and it's both painful and brilliant at the same time. <laughs> this leads to my next question. What are you most afraid of? Most afraid of? Uh, most afraid, my greatest fear is the fear of losing connection. It's the mm. opposite of my greatest strength. Mm. I get that. Fear so that can, so connection. let me explain that a little bit more. Um, so that, that led to codependence. Whereas if you're not okay, I'm not okay. Cause I need to stay connected to you. Mm. And uh, you know, meeting with a counselor for the last 18 months have, has been just a brilliant breakthrough in that area. So yeah, it's the fear of losing connection. It's the, it's which the, the breakthrough of that has been just a joy as in I care more about you than I care about how you feel about me. So I'll speak the truth. Mm. Uh, Andy, with your permission, if I could just uh, key in on an insight that I have that I'd yeah. like to share with my audience. Okay. Uh, BC nation. I introduced Andy early in the show uh, as someone that is having massive impact in God's kingdom here on earth. And he's raising up other children of God to also have that ripple effect in God's kingdom, positive impact. And yet here he is admitting, hey, I just had a, was seeking a counselor for, you know, my own inner rocks in my own head That's the it. past 18 months. And this is a powerful, powerful realization. And when I finally got this, that God could use me even when I'm messing up, even when I'm imperfect, even when I still feel broken, God can still bear fruit yeah. from my soil. This is so counterintuitive. Yet there was so much evidence in my life that it was real. And, yeah. and Andy, you're such a great example of this. So I just want to point that out for you, BC Nation. Stop waiting for perfection yeah. before you start receiving God's blessings in your life. Stop it. God's currency, the currency of heaven, is not dependent on your performance. Yeah. It's not. All right. Thank you for that. I just wanted to point that out, bring it to the surface, because it was staring me in the face and yelling at me. Uh, what, do you, what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? too much time doing eating okay got it that was <laughs> it's probably this is like eating um i get away with it because of my metabolism and running yeah. but i'm just thinking yeah and that's my go-to comfort is probably eating got it uh what secret fear do you have about people i don't know 
secret fear about people. How you relate to them, how they relate to you. I, I think that's probably one of the biggest gifts I've had over the last 10 years. Of, I used to be afraid of what they think about me. Mm. And the more that I become secure in who I am, the more I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm just more, God, I want to please you. And I'm just learn that pleasing God is I am never going to please everybody. So uh, learning confrontation, uh, confrontation, you cannot go through life with avoiding confrontation. So the, uh, it's dismantled that. So that would have been, I would have been most afraid of people and upsetting people that they don't like me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, of course they don't like you. Like this, don't judge yourself by what people others think or feel but are you pleasing God and are you living in love and are you doing that? So Mm. that's what I'd say. BC nation. That is the fastest way. The fastest way to building self-esteem and confidence is sitting with God and letting him reveal to you who he is and who you are to him. That's right. When you get that, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Like all the stuff you're worrying about or used to worry about gone, just gone. And you just show up in purpose. Uh, Andy, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? He's smiling. That he's smiling. I like that. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Man, I'm going to create a lot of them, Joseph, because we're moving across the country. Um, <laughs> a new habit. I don't know. I think the, 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 the habit is actually just protecting the, ha- the good habits that I've got. So okay. here would be the new habit is I'm going to say no more often. Yes. I'm not going to say yes. Uh, so when people are like, oh, I've got a, my gift is connections. Like I got this person I want to connect you with. Thank you so much. I'm not taking any new connections right now. Mm. What do you mean? I got this awesome person. Uh, I know right now I, I, I am doing a great work and I'm not going to get distracted from that. So the habit is no, thank you. Oh, I get brilliant. good at saying no, thank you. Brilliant. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Maybe that was it. Maybe there's something else. Um, bad habit I'm going to break is my sugar. Go to sugar. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Go to God, people. Stop going to sugar. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Andy, pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, adventure. Adventurer, confident pioneer. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before you got still and knew that God was God. Uncertain, adventurer, <laughs> uh, leader. Okay. It's kind of like I'm, I'm still that. It. It's just I'm becoming the secure. wiring's still in there. Yeah, yeah. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God, what would you say to them? Good question. One, I can only say one thing. He is for you. He is for you, BC Nation. He, God is for you. Yeah. The world can stand against you. You could stand against your own self. God is still for you. 
All right, Andy, this is the part of the show uh, where you get to give a homework assignment to my audience. What is one action BC Nation can take this week to grow their faith, grow their trust, grow their surrender in God? Yeah, and I would just echo what we've already said. Number one is protect the priority of time alone with God. Uh, Call it one-on-one with the chairman. You do it in your business, do it with the chairman of the universe who deeply, deeply loves you. Protect that time. I don't care how long it is, but protect that time. And number two, homework, find. So yes, there's mastermind groups. Yes, there's those. I love that. I lead those 100% good. But you've got no excuse for not finding two or three people in the city where you live that can look in your face, that you can say, I want to commit to me and with you every couple of weeks, fix time, lock the time in meet with them and we're going to ask the questions that everyone else is afraid to ask. We're not just sitting around for foo coffee and a salad. We're actually going to say, I'm more committed to your growth than your comfort. You can do that now. So that's the homework. Find those people and start to initiate it. All right, BC Nation, do you choose to accept this mission? It's going to self-destruct in like 10 seconds. Here we go. You want this or you don't. Get real about it. BC Nation, if you enjoyed the show, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, write an honest review. And if I like what you write, I may or may not share your review live on the show. Give you a little visibility. All right, Andy, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you, uh, get involved in heaven and business? I know you got a big conference coming up in in, uh, Cali, unless you're moving it. What do you got for them? Yep, conference is coming up. I would say jump onto heaveninbusiness.com. Watch that space. We're revamping that between now and 1st of May is a big relaunch in line with the move. Super excited about that, but they can find us there. Social media, search Heaven and Business. You'll find that there in a podcast we have. It's called Authentic Conversations with Andy Mason, the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. Mm, I dig it, brother. All right, Andy, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much, Joseph. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. 
you can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.